many of you is that a new song for? I, I don't know that I've ever ever heard that song before, but I like the words there. Uh, Brother Randy, I'd like to get a copy of those, uh, those words there from you. That's perfect introduction to Missions Conference, and uh, that's a, a wonderful message there. Take your Bibles to Colossians chapter number 2, and if you're able and uh, find your place there in the Word of God, let's stand and read a portion of God's Word. I, I want to pick up here and um, read, if we can, verse number 8. We'll come back and, and look at some thoughts here. But verse number 8, uh, the, the warning is beware. Okay, so beware. Uh, he says, Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in Him, this is in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Uh, so right there is a very clear verse dealing with the, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, verse number 10, and ye are complete in Him, and we've called this kind of the, the theme of the book of Colossians. You're complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Now I want you to skip to verse number 16. And in verse number 16, we read again, Let no man uh, therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of, a new, of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances, touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all of which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men? which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting, neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. And uh, what we're looking at is, is this, this thought, this warning uh, that Paul gives, uh, beware. And, and we looked at, um, at a false doctrine last week. We're going to expand uh, upon that this week and look at another false doctrine here this evening uh, that uh, Paul is, is warning, beware, be careful of. And I think uh, uh, what, I, what I see, it's amazing, uh, 2,000 years ago almost, uh, these words are penned and yet so applicable to our day and our, our time. And uh, here before we pray, I, I'll make you stand for a little while because I'm having to stand up here. And, uh, but uh, before we pray, just make this statement uh, here, here to us. The Word of God is precious. And uh, th this is our guide here tonight. So as, as we come together and open up the Word of God, the things that we're getting, they're very practical. They're, they're needful for us. And uh, these warnings that Paul, uh, that he's giving, they're necessary for our generation. So many have fallen away because they did not heed these particular warnings. And I think as we get into some things tonight, you're going to... Uh, to see a bit more of this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you uh, this evening. You're so gracious and good to us and just good to be in church tonight. And, and I thank you for the, the faithfulness of folks here. And, and Lord, thank you for this local church body that uh, you 
have, uh, have established and given us. And uh, Lord, it's so important in our lives. And even in this passage of Scripture, you talk about this nourishment that uh, you're the head of this body, but uh, this body is nourished through you. And Lord, help us tonight as we open up your word. Would you teach us? Uh, Lord, would you give some protection maybe to somebody who uh, Satan is seeking to just pull away after the rudiments of the world or after some vain philosophy or empty tradition. And Lord, would you help us tonight to establish truth in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this evening. And as we, um, as we look at this, I want you to go back uh, with me. And there are four times, four particular times here in this passage of Scripture, this chapter that Paul gives a warning. Now go back with me to verse number four. And in verse number four, in this I say lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. And uh, that word beguile means to delude or to deceive. And Paul says, uh, uh, be careful of this. Uh, men will come along, false teachers, with enticing words. And uh, we know in the Bible that Satan deceived Eve and he used enticing words. He changed the word of God. He questioned the love of God. And he offered vain or empty promises unto Eve. And these are the same methods that Satan and false teachers continue to use. He warns in verse number 8 that we read just a moment ago again, Beware, he says, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And again, interestingly, false teachers and cults, they, they, they don't go after the lost. They're not concerned about, uh, about lost souls. Uh, uh, generally, they, they kidnap converts or they go after church members. They go after churches. Uh, most, if, if you study uh, just statistics, what you find is that most anti-Christian cult members uh, at one time were associated with a Christian church. Now, not, not always necessarily a, what we would call a solid church, but uh, most cult members had... Uh, had uh, their uh, founding or their, their initial uh, upbringing in a Christian ministry of some sort. Uh, but some false teacher got them off uh, on a tangent, took their focus away from the truth of God, the truth of God's word, and away from the focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Satan is a liar. He's a deceiver. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. And Satan has false teachers. And Jesus Christ warned, beware of, of uh, false teachers uh, and vain teachers that come to you uh, deceptively. Uh, they introduce new truths. And let me just tell you, there's no such thing as a new truth. And uh, the truth of God's word is, is, um, is unchanging. We sang that song tonight, yesterday, today, forever. Uh, Jesus is the same. And the word of God is the same, but they'll introduce deeper truths or new truths or uh, something that, uh, that you just don't have yet, something that you need. It's, it's kind of like a guy that told me once and he just says, uh, uh, well, God hasn't revealed that to you yet. And if you keep walking with God, one day God's going to reveal that to you. And, uh, you know, just uh, it's that deeper, deeper truth. Uh, uh, these false teachers, they'll teach a philosophy or a wisdom that's vain, it's dece deceptive. Uh, he speaks about traditions of men, and, and traditions are not necessarily bad, but a tradition that's not founded upon the Word of God uh, is uh, very dangerous. Uh, he talks here about worldly wisdom that would be wisdom 
contrary to the word of God. And we've talked about the Gnostics, and the Gnostics would emphasize this wisdom, but it would be contrary to the knowledge of God's word. And by the way, true wisdom is always anchored in God and in the word of God. So often they'll take these truths or these lies and they will maybe take a truth, a Bible truth, and they will take that truth on a tangent or off to an extreme. And then with that truth, there's just enough truth to float the false and they'll introduce doctrines contrary to the word of God with that truth. And so Paul says, beware, be careful. Uh, You have what you need is what he says in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says that in Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he says in verse number 10, you are complete in him. If you can remember that, uh, you're complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, Listen, if you're saved tonight, you have the word of God. And when you look for something more than Christ, or when you're not grounded in the word of God, uh, you're on a a very dangerous territory uh, to take heed to these seductive doctrines. You become open to Satan's lie. So you'll always anchor every teaching in the Word of God. Uh, Research the Word of God. Be like the Berean Christians of of the book of Acts, chapter chapter 17, I believe. And be like the Bereans, that uh, they would search the Scriptures to see whether the things that Paul taught uh, were truth or not. Always anchor in the Word of God. We look in verse 16. Here's the third warning. We dealt with this one last week. He said, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. And uh, some think that by following a set of rules, Old Testament laws, dietary laws, Sabbath laws, uh, uh, you become more spiritual. But uh, those were ceremonial Jewish laws. And uh, uh, the, 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 uh, really these laws uh, and those that follow those would teach that Christ wasn't sufficient, uh, that you have to add to Jesus. And if you have to add to Jesus for salvation, that's not biblical salvation. Uh, Jesus paid it all. He paid it incomplete. Uh, we don't need Jesus plus circumcision or Jesus plus uh, certain dietary laws or Jesus plus uh, Sabbath day laws. Uh, Jesus paid it in full. And we need to recognize that. Now verse 18, we're going to get to this one tonight. Um, He says, let no man beguile you. Uh, Don't be led astray. Uh, Don't take your focus off of Christ, off of God's word. Don't go off on this tangent that robs you of your love for Christ and your love for God's word. Uh, In this chapter, there are three specific warnings. We talked about the first last week, the Jewish Gnostic legalism, uh, taking the freedom that you have in Christ and uh, putting you under a yoke of bondage uh, once again to Jewish law. Uh, The book of Galatians was penned specifically for this and dealing with the Judaizers uh, that uh, would teach that in order uh, you needed Christ but you had to be circumcised. You had to go back to Jewish law and so uh, Galatians was penned to deal with that, uh, that problem. Now, here, here's what we talked about last week, and it's, it's a problem for all of us. You know, the flesh wants to boast in self-righteousness. Uh, the flesh wants to be able to pat itself on the back. Uh, the flesh wants to be able to say, uh, look what I've done. And that leads to pride. And our righteousness is in Christ and Christ alone. There's no pride in that. That's humility. 
We come as sinful beings, and in God's grace, He's willing to save us and to forgive us, and that's so important. And so that was last week we dealt with the Jewish legalism. Tonight we're going to delve into mysticism. Okay, it's um, secret revelations, um, mysteries that uh, make one maybe more spiritual in their mind. Uh, uh, sometimes mixing occultism with the things of God, New Age teachings. I'm amazed at uh, how that is uh, uh, running rampant in Christianity today. Uh, New Age teachings added to Christianity. Uh, worshiping in a, in a spiritual realm apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we'll deal with tonight. Uh, the third one that Paul uh, speaks of is asceticism, and that's severe self-discipline. That's avoiding uh, any form of indulgence, and we'll get to that. Again, it's a, a form of pride, all of these. So look with me, verse 16. We dealt with this last week. This is the Jewish legalism. He says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Uh, these were Jewish ceremonial laws. They were pictures. They were types. He calls them shadows. And again, in Christ, we have the real thing. And so we no longer need the shadow. We no longer need the type. We no longer need the picture uh, we have the fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, very quickly, let, let me read one passage of Scripture. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5, and then we'll come back here and, and delve into the next section here tonight. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1. Read, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty with Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. And he's writing this because uh, there were those that taught they needed Jewish circumcision to have true salvation. He says, I certify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever you, uh, of you are justified by the law... You're fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, wait for the hope of the righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And then Paul says to these Galatian Christians, You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And it's the same warning he's given here in the book of Colossians, uh, who's Hindering you, beware. Don't let somebody beguile you and deceive you and take you away from the freedom that you know in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's go back to, to Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to, to look here tonight, verses 18 and 19. And here's a second warning that Paul is giving, and it's concerning mysticism. Again, read with me verse 18. Let no man beguile you. Of your reward and a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels introducing or intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Now this uh, initial introduction here, let no man beguile you of your reward. Uh, again, to beguile is to, to mislead, uh, to lead astray through deception. Don't let anybody beguile you, lead you contrary to the word of God. 
for somebody tonight who is truly saved, you cannot lose your salvation. Okay, that's, that's so clear in the Word of God. Salvation is eternal. Uh, I'm so grateful for that, for that aspect tonight. Uh, that salvation was paid for in full by Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus doesn't give it to you and take it away from you. You're saved by His grace. You're kept by His grace. You're kept by His power. But He says, let no man beguile you of your reward. Uh, you see, you can be led astray in such a way that you're no longer effective for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, in that process, um, losing the reward. Uh, when you're led astray from the truth of God's word, you begin to build on wood, hay, and stubble. And uh, those saved, yet as 1 Corinthians chapter 3 teaches uh, yet as by fire, just by the skin of the teeth, and uh, just uh, saved but losing the prize and losing the thought of, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and becoming like the man that buries the talent and losing the reward. Now, Satan cannot take your salvation, but he will seek to use false teachers that will lead you down a path that takes you out of the will of God for your life. And I've seen this happen with, with various ones. It maybe started out right, but uh, somehow got off on a tangent or a false teaching and then led away from the foundation, really from the joy of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and let me just make this so clear tonight. It, it's a joy to be saved. It's a joy to know the Lord. It's a joy to be involved in church. It's a joy to walk with God. And, and there's something that the truth can give you that the world can never give you that all of these false teachings and teachers I can never pre uh, present to you tonight. And, and so Paul here, as you look at this section, is dealing with this thought of mysticism, this teaching that we can uh, have access to God apart from Jesus Christ or apart from the truth of God's word. And he warns here of worshiping of angels, intruding into those things that he had not seen. I want to, to show you a thought here. Keep your place and go with me to the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22. And in Revelation chapter 22, in this section, John is, uh, has been given uh, some, some guidance uh, concerning heaven. And uh, the angel uh, has, has uh, given information to John. And uh, John was just amazed as the word was presented unto him. And if you look in Revelation 22 and verse number 8, it reads, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, Worship God. Now, Satan knows how to counterfeit. You'll find here that angels are ministering spirits, and they are sent to minister to those that are the heir of salvation. They're not to be worshipped. And uh, angels, we're to worship God. This statement is very clear. Uh, worship God. And, and Satan will manufacture a counterfeit worship of God. Understand something tonight. There's one God. And there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Our access to God is through 
Christ Jesus. Remember the teaching here of, of Colossians. And uh, in, in Christ we have complete. You are complete in Him. It's in Christ we have access to God. Any other worship dangerously opens one up to demonic, satanic activity. Now, years ago, there was this talk of this Lakeland revival. And I had people that came. They began to hear about this. And they, uh, they came to me about this revival and asking questions. And so I did some research. And, and I found out uh, just some, first of all, there was false teaching. There was some false salvation uh, that was presented. But I read uh, an article about the leader of this movement. And he supposedly had encounters with an angel that he called Emma. And he said that this angel was giving him revelations and dreams and spiritual power. And, uh, and as I read that automatically, it's exactly what Paul is warning about here in this section of Scripture. That's that type of thing that leads into occultism. It leads into demonic activity. It's a very dangerous worship. Now, there are many applications here. Again, remember, one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Uh, prayers to Mary. Uh, it's a very dangerous realm. Uh, we have one mediator. Mary is not the mediator. Uh, prayers to saints. Uh, that is a very dangerous uh, realm. And uh, again, saints are not the... By the way, the, the teaching in that, uh, you are a saint if you're saved. Uh, either you're a saint or you ain't. And uh, uh, if you know Christ, you're, you're a saint. And, uh, but the prayers to the saints... Um, that's a very dangerous realm. But I'm finding something in Christianity as a whole today. There's a lot of New Age occultism that's beginning to enter that is contrary to the Word of God. Uh, I just give you, I think, very biblically here that a child of God should have nothing to do with the occult, uh, with tarot cards, with Ouija boards, with crystal balls, with horoscopes with palm reading and uh, not to, to seek into spiritual realms apart from Christ and apart from the word of God that's idolatrous that's dangerous and that's the warning here of this mystical teachings that Paul is talking about now again through Christ we have access to God this is a wonderful thought for you tonight you know that when Jesus shed his blood upon the cross of Calvary and he cried out from the cross, it is finished, it's paid. And he gave up the ghost and he died. The Bible says the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. Access into the Holy of Holies was made available through the Lord Jesus Christ. And now because of the sacrifice of Christ's blood upon the cross of Calvary, we are told, come boldly unto the throne of grace. And we are invited into the presence of the Lord. Uh, somebody asked me the other day, he says, uh, how come we call you a pastor and not a priest? And I said, uh, Christ is the high priest and he has given the one sacrifice. There's no longer a need for a sacrifice. In fact, the teaching is this, that all of us now through Christ become priests unto God. And we all have access to the throne room of the Lord because of what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. You are complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we can come boldly through Christ. We don't need some new mystery. 
You don't not need some newfangled teaching uh, to come. We have an open door to God through Christ. True worship, by the way, and let me just give you this important thought. True worship produces humility, never pride. Okay, uh, some would teach, and the Gnostics were involved in this, and Paul's warning about this, and uh, kind of a false humility. I think that's what he's talking about in verse number 18. Is this thought that I'm not good enough to go to Christ on my own, and so I will go to him through an angel or through a saint or through a Mary, uh, through another means. Uh, again, biblically, the veil of the temple has been rent in twain. And through the blood of Christ, we can come boldly to that throne. That's humbling. Uh, that's not pride. Uh, there is no pride in that. Uh, it's through the sacrifice of Jesus. Uh, it's grace. We understand we're unworthy to come into his presence, but he opened the door for us. Now, some teach in pride, really, that they've entered into deeper mysteries, deeper secrets of God. I told you about somebody who said, well, God hasn't revealed that to you yet. And uh, there's these deep secrets that I know, and one day God is going to reveal these deep things to you. Uh, you know, pride. Uh, coming to you this point, you think you've got more knowledge or more power uh, than somebody else. And here's the warning, verse number 18. He says, intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. You know, I, I years ago had a, an opportunity to share the Lord with a man, and he, he made a profession of faith. He was baptized, and, and interestingly, then relatives got involved. They, they didn't care about his soul uh, until, he, until he started coming to church, until he got baptized. And then all of a sudden, uh, they began to teach him that we didn't have the full power of God here, because we didn't know how to pray in tongues. And, and we didn't know how to have divine miraculous healings. And by the way, I believe God heals. And I, I believe in miracles. I believe God is able to do that. But I believe that there are certain uh, teachings and, and gifts that were apostolic uh, gifts. And they convinced him that he needed more, more than Christ, more than growth or reading the Bible and uh, just uh, more than uh, growth by obeying and following the word of God. Um, almost like he needed some kind of a spiritual magic formula that was all of a sudden going to accomplish all of these miracles for him. And that's very dangerous. That's pride. That's puffed up teaching. It's pride in, the, in really being very ignorant of the Bible and what the Bible teaches in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, notice here in verse number 19, and here's a key thought, not holding the head. In other words, not giving Christ his rightful position. And then as we read on in verse number 19, it speaks of the, the head of the local church. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. See, Christ is the head of the church. He's the source of our nourishment. In a local church, we, we minister to each other. It's like a, a physical body. Uh, your physical body in 1 Corinthians 12 discusses this and very important. Uh, God put together your physical body. He put your hands and your feet and your eyes and your mouth and your nose and he put the body together in such a beautiful beautiful way and 
all of the body, every part of that body is necessary and that body works together in nourishing itself. And so it is for a local church. All, all of us are different. All of us are gifted differently. Uh, Christ is to be the head. And none of us are more valuable than others. We work together in that nourishment of one another, in the building up of that body. And that nourishment then through the head comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's the problem that I, that I perceived here in Colossae, uh, Colossae as, as Paul's dealing with this. Uh, there were some that came into the local church and then began to lift, lift themselves above Christ. Uh, they prided themselves in what they knew. And uh, the whole body was, was hurt as a result and undernourished. And, and then and rather than winning converts to Christ, they were winning converts to themselves and to their knowledge and not to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, I've seen churches hurt and ruined through the years and uh, get off on a tangent. And usually it'll be a truth. But that truth then taken out of line or taken off into an extreme. And then a lot of false built around that truth and just enough truth to uphold that false. And then begin to win people not to Christ but then to that doctrine. And uh, begin to hand out their material and their teaching. And, and the focus is taken off of Christ and the local church suffers. And it's a very dangerous place. I was thinking about a, a dear pastor friend uh, years ago, and, and, and he said, uh, got this situation. He had gone to a church, and, and in the church there were a lot of, how would you say, schisms and difficulties. And uh, he was a Baptist by conviction, very strong in his Baptist conviction. And uh, just, uh, I, I would agree, just tracing the roots back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, but uh, there was a group that's all they taught. That's all they were interested in. There was a faction. And uh, he believed in biblical separation. But there was a group that that was all they taught. And they had their leader. And uh, he was King James. And there was a group that came. But that was the whole focus. That was everything. And, and each group. Uh, and there were several other different issues. And there were conflicts. There were divisions. And each group had their schism and their leader and and they were all interested in convincing each other of uh, that truth or that doctrine. And the whole problem was the schism, the division off of tangents and truths that sometimes were taken out of context. And let me just give a thought for you that is so important. Just keep your eyes on Jesus and love the Lord and walk with the Lord. And don't ever think that you've come to a point that you've arrived spiritually. Don't ever think you've come to a point that you're more spiritual because of something you know. Uh, because if you ever get to the point, you know it all, you can't be taught anymore. And you need to constantly be in a place that you grow in the Lord. You know, as a, as a pastor, I need to be preached at. Uh, I need to hear the Word of God. I need to study the Word of God. I need to grow. I don't want to ever come to the place in my Christian life that I have arrived and that I know it all. In fact, uh, the more I learn, the more I find out I don't know. It's kind of like the stars. The bigger the telescopes that we invent, the further we find it goes, and the more we find we don't know. And I think in eternity we're going to be that way. And that's kind of how the Word of God is. The same God that gave us the stars gave us this Bible. 
And if you ever get to the point you know all about this Bible, then come let me know. And, uh, but uh, don't, don't, don't ever get to that place. Always maintain a teachable spirit in your life. I think this is what Paul is warning about. Don't, don't get puffed up. Don't, don't become proud uh, by what you know. Uh, don't get away. Uh, I think 1 Corinthians chapter 13 uh, teaches, you know, the, all of this vain jangling. And, uh, and if I uh, speak uh, with all prophecy or give all my gifts away, but I have not love, I'm, I'm become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Uh, stay humble uh, in the word of God, teachable, growing in the things of God. That's the warning from Paul. And it would be this, beware. You see, there's a fascination about learning mysteries and deeper things. It attracts people. And we need to grow, but don't come to this place where you think you have learned all the spiritual secrets. And remember, you always come through the Lord Jesus Christ and realize that in Jesus Christ, you're complete. Let me just close with a thought. Go with me to the book of 1 John. And I think 1 John deals with this thought pretty well. Chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. As a child of God, you possess the Spirit of God. Your body is the temple of God's Spirit. And as a child of God, you have the Word of God to guide you into all truth. You have the Spirit of God to teach you. And it's important to abide in that truth because you're complete in Christ. I want to look at chapter 2 of 1 John, beginning at verse number 20. And he's speaking to those that are saved. He says, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. He says, I've not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. I want you to notice this next thought. These things... Have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you? He says, But the anointing which you have received from him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it had taught you, you shall abide in him. And now, do you notice the focus is on Christ? Abide in him. You see, any truth should draw you closer to Jesus and not entangle you in a yoke of bondage and move you away from your love to Christ and your commitment to Christ. Any truth is not going to make you proud. Any truth is going to humble you because it's going to turn your dependence upon Jesus. You see, if you get to that point puffed up and proud and you know it all, you've come to a dangerous place. It says in verse 28, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Isn't that a wonderful thought there? That really kind of sums up the same thing that Paul is warning the church at Colossae about. 
He says, don't be led astray, be, beware. Don't let any person through vain traditions or deception beguile you or deceive you or lead you away from that joy that you have in Christ, from that walk with Christ, from that knowledge of Christ, from knowing Christ. Let your heart be like Paul. Uh, my desire is that I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings, the power of his resurrection. I want to know Jesus. I want to be real and walk with him and love him and uh, grow in the Lord Jesus Christ and follow my Lord and my Savior. I'll close with that thought here tonight. You're complete in him.